So, hello, hello, hello. Hola, hola, hola. Welcome to yet another episode with Favorite Fit, Fierce and Fly with Dr. Stacey Porter, where we pay to tape and have intimate heart-to-heart conversations. I'm so excited today to bring Dr. Sarif, Dr. Myra Sarif, here today. She is a phenomenal, phenomenal woman. I had the privilege of meeting her maybe about three to four years ago in Binghamton, New York. And, um, you know, we recently had a conversation where I was just sharing with her that our encounter was one where, you know, souls connected and spirit united. So I'm so blessed to be able to have her on here today. Um, Before I blabber on even more, I want to just talk a little bit about her and just how phenomenal she is. As I said, she is a narrative psychologist and associate professor in the Department of Human Development at Binghamton University. She was native to rural Alabama until age 14 when she relocated to Atlanta, Georgia. She studied philosophy at Georgia State University, theology and human development at Emory University, and human development and family studies at Cornell University, specializing in narrative repair of adverse childhood experiences known as ACE. Um, She is founder of the Life Writing Project and is currently running a life writing research project with Binghamton single mothers and BU students called Cry, Laugh, and Create. I can't wait to hear. And she is a mother, a grandmother, a vegetarian foodie. Might ask you for some recipes on here. And is currently privileged to care for her 91-year-old mother. Woo! Phenomenal. She is David Fit, Fierce, and Fly. Yes, welcome, Dr. Sarbir. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I love that. Favorite, fierce, and fly. I like that. (laughs) So excited to have you on here. Um, You know, just thank you for uh, accepting the invitation to come on here. Um, Like I said, I just, um, you're you're a brilliant woman, Um, you're a brilliant human being, period. And I know that you have so much to offer, you know, to this world. So um, just here to share you, you know, with the, with the world to hear um, what you have to, you know, what you have to bring, what you have to offer. And so, you know, as I stated before with Tay to Tay, it's, it's, you know, it's intimate conversation, it's side by side conversation, but it's, it's I, I, I love the show because I, I just allow it to flow in the direction that it needs to flow, you know? And so um, the people that, that come on here um, are, are, you know, flow with it. So I'm just, I'm just excited. I'm really bad. Well, I, a bit about yourself, just. Yeah, well, let me first say that I do care for my 91-year-old mother who runs well, and she may come and share the screen with us for a second if she does, okay. just say hi. And <laughs> yeah, that's good. Usually when I'm here working or doing something, she, you know, you know, you know, it doesn't interfere. But sometimes she just, is, you know, she's my mom. So she's right, right. And it's okay with me. I just want people, to, you to know that, you know, that could happen. I may have to stop and say something. Right oh, about. that's okay. That I'm is okay. okay I did know that. So, um, yeah, no, about me. Um, yeah, you know, I was, you know, I'm from the South, rural South. And, uh as I've gotten older, I, I like that identity. Um, mm. Sometimes I, um, 
I want to reach rural Southerners, you know, because, it, you know, somehow we, we miss that group. I think, yes. you know, when we talk about, you, know, you said we'd probably get political, it just comes in, but when we talk about what we, the people we tend to think are the, the strongest Trump supporters or mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. I think it's a, a group of people we've made invisible. Southern, yeah. uh, uh, low-income whites that we don't include in anything. You'll see them on TV, nothing. You're right. Um, but anyway, I'm a Southerner, Southern, rural Southern girl. Uh, moved to the big city, Atlanta, when I was ATL. <laughs> there until I was uh, 48. Wow. And moved up here, been here 20 years. Well, 38, been here 20 years, 22 years. Wow. wow. Um, so yeah, now uh, I am a Northeaster and I love the Northeast. I have to say, I like upstate New York quite a bit and I feel like this is home. I right. just here. Uh, and you know, I'm a narrative psychologist. I do something called life writing. I'll say a quickie on that just because our audience might not know what that is. So life writing, um, let me quickly tell you how I got into it. I um, was getting divorced and becoming a single mother and really scared. Uh, divorce is hard for everybody when it happens. It was particularly hard for me because I, when I moved from Alabama to Atlanta, I was running away from home. I'm a runaway. I ran away from home. Okay. And so getting married and having this child was like me having the ho a home over which I had some control that, you know, was going to be stabilized and moving forward. And so right. with it falling apart, it really was, to me, it was more than just divorce. It was, I had the sense that I did not know who I was or what I was doing because mm -hmm. I was thinking I knew what I was doing when I got married, you know? Right. And here I'm sitting here in a, getting divorced and I thought, no, you don't know what you're doing. And, and I thought that generally, you know, you just don't know, right. you, don't, you don't know who you are and you don't know what you're doing. Right. And you need to stop and figure that out. Yeah. You can't keep ending up here. And, but anyway, so it led to a kind of, I, I, I moved in with my best friend's parents. I have these lovely people who I love dearly and they still love me. And I, my daughter and I moved in with them. And every night after I put my daughter to bed, I would go down into their basement to a computer that they had down there. And I started writing. Back mm. to my earliest memory, as, just as far back as I could. And I was in no hurry. They, they put no pressure on me to do anything but get myself together. I mean, how often do you get a gift like that? Yes. No, yeah. You know, and uh, and so I did. I just slowly, slowly wrote. And sometimes I would come across the very difficult memories, and I would write through them. My body would still be so tense, and I thought, "Oh, you're not done with that memory." So then I'd go back, and I'd write wow. through it. And sometimes I'd write through it two or three times. And I called it wet writing because I was crying and writing, crying and writing, wow. looking at everything, taking it apart, listening to the way people's voices sounded. Well, how did what they say go into my soul? Mm. It was just the richest experience I could have stumbled into because it was just yes. accidental but when i finished is stacy i was a different person wow oh I, I was clear-headed i was happy i happy. was just light and i've never lost that feeling here i am what 20 or 30 years later but i got fascinated with that what just happened right <laughs> really and i you know and so i started studying it on my own ended up getting what, three college degrees, making sense of it and doing research on it. I said, now I'm teaching, still doing research on it. Couldn't be happier. It's ever emerging. All yes. these things to learn. I, it's just, and I see people's lives change. I see people come up out of it with the same look on their face that I had when I came out of that basement. Yeah. It's like, we have this knowing. We give like, it's like a high five. High five. <laughs> you know? That so is that's, I, that's who I am. That's what I do. I'm so grateful to be doing it.
want to do it for the rest of my life. Yes, I mean, it seems like you're already on that trajectory of doing it for the rest of your life. I think, none. I think that is that is very powerful. Um, writing, I, I always say that writing, you know, it's it's an art. It's it's healing. I have this t shirt that I got made, I think, last year, and it said, "Writing heals me." Yes. And, uh, did you did you ever find when you were young that you did you journal? Did you journal? I always did. Okay. I always, from like 18-ish. I mean, I have, I, I wrote, I did. I wrote always. I was always a journaler. And uh, yeah, I remember um, when I switched from journaling to meditation. Mm. And I, I, I don't know, I can't remember why I got, how I got into meditation. I remember recognizing that when I came out of my meditation sessions, I had done what journaling, what I used to do with journaling. Mm. And that, so with journaling, obviously, I would, you know, play back the day before, revisit, make sense of, resolve things, you know, that's what I was doing in my journaling. And in my style of meditation, I wasn't shutting out thoughts, I was allowing them to come. I was looking at them, taking them apart, making sense of them, and then resolve the same thing I was doing in the journaling. And then after I had resolved all the present memories, then I was left in this just amazing silence but not before letting the memories come and not pushing them out and really looking at them and yeah. you know, letting them talk. Letting them talk, right. And, yeah. and so I did. I had not journaled since then. I, I literally was a daily journaler. It was my sanity. Mm. And I went from a daily journaler to a daily meditator. And wow. that's been about 20 something years ago because I did it before I, before I moved here. Wow, yeah. that is awesome. That's amazing. I, I, you know, I really feel like this is important and for people to, to get an understanding of how writing, um, you know, writing can uh, move us towards our healing. I, again, I say, I know it did for me. I um, recently had a, a like discussion with myself, you know, I will say, and then um, uh, it was on the topic also of self-care and I actually put out a message on that, but I was thinking about, you know, when people throw out the term self-care, self-care, um, that, is, that is not linear. It doesn't look the same for everyone. And I always think about um, youngest Stacy who grew up in the Bronx, right, in, in the project. And what did, what did, because um, I went through some things, right? And so what, what was my self-care like? What did that look like? What, what helped build my resilience? And it points back to what um, you're sharing about the writing. It was writing because mm -hmm. I spent a lot of um, my time uh, trying to make sense, you know, mm -hmm. of what was going on in that, um, mm -hmm. that helped. So mm -hmm. I thank you, you know, like for sharing that bit there. And I, I, I want to um, talk a little bit about, you made a recent post and that's when I was just like, oh my God, this is so true. It's with, you know, what's, we know right now that there's, there's so much going on, you know, from the start of, uh, the pandemic, the, you know, just a lot of social justice issues, you know, from, you know, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, you know, um, uh, George Floyd, the young children here in Chicago. I mean, there's just so much going on and, and it's, it's, it's coming like a gushing wind mm -hmm. in the forefront. And so I want to talk to you, you know, just pay to take on this and also you know how do we tie in what it is that you're doing you know with this life writing project just, just, just pay to pay. 
no, I, my heart just, you know, it just weeps. Yeah. I mean, I'm really could weep here talking to you. It just, mm. and I, um, like everybody, uh, find myself glued to, I, I don't do, I, I don't even have a TV, you know, I've, mm. I've had TV in 20 years. You know, my daughter had to give it up when she was 10, you know, <laughs> she adapted really quickly, but still. Yeah. But I, but I am on Facebook, and I, you know, I'm just glued to bits of information as it comes through. And uh, you know, the, sometimes you get something that's so inspiring and encouraging. You know, like the vets going and staying in front of the, you know, that to me that's huge. Veteran vets saying, you know, the ones who are probably the most patriotic. Yeah. No, no, Black Lives Matter. And I had this beautiful image last night. I think I told you. Um, of them with their, their phones at night waving just just thousands and thousands of people saying white male vets black lives matter oh. um, you know there's that and then you'll see another killing and you know the role of, so no i yeah it is it is a a wild ride we are on at the moment i have to say i am an optimist and i i think something is dying and it's just fighting for dear life um, but it is dying. It's inevitable. It cannot, you know, you and I are both spiritual people, right? Yeah, and so yeah. we know that, the pig, you know, that love is going to win in the end, right? Right. I know that. So, um, but writing, uh, there's a couple things that come to mind. I'm a, I'm a researcher. So first I'm going to tell you about some research. It's very okay. quickly. Yes, please. Um, uh, and so this is for, for the person who is racist. Mm. Uh, there's this research that uh, shows that, okay, I don't know how, how to make this clear, but, you know, to, to, to a non-academic audience, but it, basically it shows that uh, the person who carries a sense of having been loved uh, in childhood and, you know, you know, during those formative years has this sense deep inside themselves that they are loved and wanted and appreciated, have no need for racism. Mm. And people who are still lacking that, it makes total sense that they would be racist because they have a scarcity consciousness, right? Mm. Uh, there's not enough, I was not enough to, to attract the love I need, and therefore enough is not a concept that I get. So I'm more materialistic, I am more, um, I, I, I think there's not enough, so I have to I have to weed out some people, I have to compete, I have to survive mm. myself. And racism, sexism, homophobia, all those things are part of their coping. And they're not even aware of these. These things wow. are consciously. Hold on. Hold on. That was powerful. <laughs> um, and, and I, I want to put out that, we, you know, the audience, is, so, oh, we have some academia, you know, that listen as well, everybody. That was very powerful, what you just mm -hmm. said. Mm -hmm. um, the scarcity. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a scarcity consciousness. Consciousness. Right. consciousness. So an abundance consciousness, let me just say right quickly, the person who has been loved, right? The person who takes for granted, this is a beautiful world. Right. There's enough for me. You know, when, you, when you've been loved, somebody has always been generous. They've always, you know, you just, you just so, you don't, you don't, you don't have any need to compete so much or, yeah. you know, you can share, you can, you can be curious about the next person as opposed to judgmental and off-putting. Mm. I mean, there's just a huge psychological basis for this that we psychologists, uh, humanistic psychologists, you know, the way we think about it. So that's the, that's the lens through which I, I watch all of it. As my heart breaks, as my heart sings, when, it's, when things are great. When it, 
I still, the hope in me knows that it's explainable. Right. And it's fixable. Now it would take a real, you know, it would take, you know, but it, but we do know what to do. It would need to be Correct. done at scale, at a huge scale, but we know, we know how to fix it. Right. Yeah. You know how to I believe it. that. I believe that too. Um, you have small uh, elements that are working towards that, but at the end, we, it's a collective yes. and the action that's needed. And, and, and I, I often feel like that's the part that's missing or rather perhaps it's, it's, it's um, it, we're moving in that direction. Yes. We're moving in that direction. Thank you for putting it that way. Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, because nobody wants to be left out. You think poor whites uh, want to be left out? No. And that's what they're fighting for. They've been left out. You know, you know. At least I'm, I'm. I'm. I don't mean to sound. You know, maybe judging. I know there. Are, you know, Trump has supporters across the economic spectrum. Right. Let's not be confused about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the most visible uh, portion, the ones we like to show, right, you know, appear to be uh, low-income rural whites. And, right. And that is a population we we don't even like. I said you don't see them on TV. You don't see them in the universities. You're you know, right. You know, yeah. they're, 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 they're uh, invisible and that nobody's going to stand for that, you know? Right. So it's not about, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh my, wow. This is, this is awesome. This is awesome. I, um, you said something in the beginning, um, that also, you know, stood out to me is, um, that we can't keep ending up here. and um that reminds me uh of where we need to be as far as breaking patterns yes you're seeing um a lot of people speak about uh breaking generational curses breaking generation you know intergenerational trauma and everything and that that stood out when you said you can't keep ending up here and automatically my brain went into yeah, breaking patterns. Yes. You know, but in order to break that, we have to be able to identify it. Yes. You know, yes. And, and oh my God. Yeah. So, so my work is it's, it's it's two parts. I'm just now, like I said, it's ever emerging, and right now a new piece is emerging okay. because I, you know, was 20, 29 uh, when I was in that basement writing and. And I already had my child. She'd already, she was uh, two years, a little over two years old, I think, around two. And, you know, so basically her formative years were spent with, I mean, I'm still broken. (laughs) I'm a very broken person. But her first formative years were spent with this uh, sort of anxious uh, energy. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, um, and so, so you know, I, it was a lot I can say there, but um, as we moved into her young adult years, um, I encouraged her to do her life writing, you know, write through your stuff, right? And, you know, the life writing, you have to work through your unresolved childhood memories, you know, and also that's with your parents and with the people who raised you and the people in your early life. And I had been left, you know, a single mother and, you know, very, very, very sort of uh, driven to get my PhD and all this. And so she was spent a lot of time alone away from her dad and she had a lot of stuff to write through. So I encouraged her to do her life writing, which she did. 
and then you know she had, I think kind of had me on a kind of a pedestal in some ways until she had to be really honest about my absence and you know my you know my shortcomings right and um until she asked to just you know distance herself from me which broke my heart I'm telling you I didn't know I could be so sad I I, I didn't know it was right. possible I didn't know what it meant to be heartbroken until then wow. <laughs> I also didn't even know I've heard the word but right I was like oh this is it <laughs> and um and, and uh, in that, I was forced to look at me as a parent, not my parents. The first one was looking at my parents right. and the stuff that was done to me. The second one was me, wow. the stuff that I did to my child. That's and that's the stuff I'm writing up now, the stuff I'm working on now. So basically, at this point, I'm, I'm understanding the real healing, the real intergenerational healing to be a two-step process. Wow. 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 You're right. It is. The first is to heal to heal the child still waiting inside yourself, which is my work, the life writing, which is the my work to now. And I'll put in a plug for my book, the life yeah. writing book. Yes, please <laughs> do. That done. Twelve dollars for twelve dollars for a hardback, three ninety nine for an ebook. So it's not about money. It's about just do it. Good. Um and there's a free also, there's a free version online. I okay. have a free audio recording of it online. Yes. I have the book, so yay. There are all kinds of ways to get it done. Just just please get it done. First step is to go back and, and heal the, the little one inside you, waiting for you to come back. Because only you can come back. You know, your therapist can't come back. You know, That's only true. you can, because you and she, in my case, know the story together. Right. Nobody else ever will. So... So it's that first step. And then the second step is, uh, is the step I'm working on now, which I won't say any more about just because it's just so fresh. And right. my daughter and I, I'm happy to say, uh, you know, have been able to reconcile, you know, the talk because, you know, not being connected was not an option. <laughs> right. I love that you said that. See, oh. that's another nugget, uh, a jewel of wisdom, as I like to say, not being connected Mm-mm. is not, not an option. option. No. I mean, I am connected. I, this child is my breath. Right. And anyway, uh, but so I'm happy to say that, you know, we, what it looks like going forward is different. Uh, we're both adults now and she lives a long way on a different continent. So I don't get to put my arms around her as much as I'd like. And, uh, you know, hopefully the universe will finish this mess so we can um, travel and be together. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, it's hard work breaking intergenerational trauma, but it's doable. And I, that has been, apparently is my mission in life. It right. is a, my mission in life is to help with breaking intergenerational trauma. Right. And nothing makes me happier, nothing makes me more gratified. And you know what, I'm good at it. That's the thing right. I'm the best at. I'm so right. you know, I think that's true for anybody when, you do, when you're in your passion, right? That's yes, that is true. Right? No, that is so true. You're right. When you're doing it, when it's a part of your being, when yes. it's your calling, your passion, your purpose, you yes. know, I, I say oftentimes you do That's these true. things without even knowing what it's called. It's, I know. Right? It's just, <laughs> just, <laughs> it's true. I mean, I was telling somebody earlier I was that the, when they say the universe conspires to support you, it does. Yeah. If you if you align yourself, you find your center, you find where you're supposed to be, you know, and just do what's in front of you. That's it. That's all you got to focus on. Yeah. The universe will bring it. It'll bring it. It'll show up. It know. will. It I will. I've lived it. I've lived it and I'm living it. Yes. So anyway. That is beautiful.
beautiful. I love that. I love how you touched on the the two-step process of the intergenerational healing because it is necessary. And yes, we um I'll say that you know I'm I'm in that that um season, you know, of 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 my life, you know, where really I've done it through the course of the years, but since retiring, I've I'm I'm now in a space where I'm able to be quiet. Oh. Oh. And I've I've been fighting it because you know you're so used to going you know the ambitious the this and that and and I'm saying that that's not there because that is a part of me but it was this moment of I need you to be still mm. you know and and get in tune mm. with youngest Stacy and and again not realizing certain things like like triggers you know like why is this happening and then yes. back to that moment where I first experienced it you know where it's coming from and even um and I can't wait till you come out um with this new project but even with the children you are so right it goes back again being able to um come face to face with you so you can also break those patterns so it doesn't get passed down you know generation to generation into your kids you know and I've had to come I you know I remember (laughs) like right before I retired when I believe this is when God was um, starting to show me, like Stacy, we it's 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 time for this next chapter, you know. And my my oldest son had um, gone off to college. I hadn't even processed that he had gone. It was right after I left Binghamton too. Right after I left Binghamton, with so much going on, I had just graduated with my doctoral degree. Family was you know going back um, to be. Uh, you know, this active army and, you know, taking up a leadership position. I mean, just so much transition. And then my oldest is leaving home, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the, the army sends me to Kansas instead of Georgia. That's another story, <laughs> you know, and so my son is going to school in Georgia. So I remember one day my husband went on a trip um, with, the, with the kids, you know, he went on a trip and I was home by myself. And I remember I was just like crying. And you know, and I was just like, oh my God, what's going on with me? And I remember calling my oldest son and I said, I said, I apologize. I I apologize, you know, for, for the moments where um I may not have been available, you know, for the moment. And you know, and so he's just like, Mom, what mom, what's going on? I knew I needed to I said no. I said, yes. I need to get this, you know, out my chest. I need to let you know this, okay? So we get so caught up sometimes in um, in just the busyness of the world, which, you know, sometimes can be a trap, you know, and you don't have time to process what's actually no. it's really true. happening, right? And so, but yeah, I, I remember, you know, calling him and just saying that. And, and that opened the door because after he was probably trying to figure out like, what is going on with mom? He, you know, he came back and shared some things of, I apologize for this moment. You know, oh, so that, you know, I feel like oh, that's how beautiful. we break generation pattern because if I would have held on to, and, um, you know, I hate, I'm not trying to put my parents, you know, out there. I love them. You know, you can, you, you, you raise your children with the resources that you have and, you know, Absolutely. how you, Absolutely. they weren't in the, they didn't grow up apologizing to their children, right? Right. And right. so, um, but now I am, you know, if 
you know, Maya Angelou said what she said, when you know better, you, you do better, right? Yes, yes. And so I've come into that knowledge. I know better, so let me mm -hmm. do better. Right? That's right. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Very, that's yeah. very beautiful. I, I, I'm just going to say uh, very quickly, um, you know, there's no culture that doesn't honor parents and there's no culture in which there's no taboo against, you know, dishonoring parents, you know, your, you know putting your shortcomings out there. So I just want to say that life writing is private writing. Nobody ever sees it but you. So um, you, you, you're able to let that little person simply say what they felt in a, in a particular instance without, you know, you can burn it when you're done. <laughs> but the little child, the person, whatever age, teenager, whatever, deserves to be heard, yeah. right? And then you, the two of you, hear it in the privacy of your interpersonal, you know, inner relationship. Yeah. And that stuff is sent off to the wind. Um, so parents, you never go back to your parents, you never go, you know, blaming them or accusing right, them. Right, no. like, They did the best they could. They could, exactly. No, and everybody's doing the best they can. They may look really bad to you, but if they could do better, <laughs> they would do better. They would do it, you're right. You know, so, 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 yeah, no, just, just to put that out there, there's no yeah, blaming, no, no judgment. It is simply allowing a little person to express what is in there. It's in there. It needs to be expressed. And what, and like you were saying, the writing heals it. It just yeah. heals it. So, yeah, it's a healing experience without trying to, blame or judge parents or those who were doing right. the very best they could. Because we're in an industry, right, as black folks in the U.S., right? You know, as enslaved Africans in yeah. the U.S., you know, with that system, the way it totally destroyed any kind of family, family we right. stuff, you know, and just, you know, whatever my parents did, look up, you know, they, they were justified, you know, so there's no blame. It's not about that. It's really about healing. Healing, yep, I love that. And that's what, you know, I'm on that mission too. It's not about blame, you know, blame, blaming, um, often to, that's a trap, that's a, yeah. you know. It is a trap, it's a distraction. It's a distraction, mm -hmm. yep, it's a distraction, wow. Practice mm -hmm. over love, we are, I want um, people to get connected to you, to get connected to the project. If you could share, um, jewels of wisdom with the audience that are listening jewels of wisdom with the audience and also um how they can connect to you you know your social media handles website emails share all that but i would love to for you to share jewels of wisdom with um with the audience <laughs> <laughs> jewel of wisdom mm. i want to begin with that i i think that each of us has our own individual wisdom and that what one of the things life writing does is clears away the debris so that you can can hear and align with that i'm very proud to say that that work i could go into a lot of the theory and psychology behind it but it's designed to shift you across what we call a pivotal threshold from deficiency not enough to being i'm enough mm. and you know, moving can you repeat on, so that again <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's from it's, it is it's a, there's a pivotal shift that life writing is intended to facilitate to help you move across a threshold from deficiency basically I'm not enough and that's based on you know experiences right I'm not enough to being and one has no question that she or he is enough one forgets this idea that I'm not enough and you can just watch them go you can just watch them go 
I mean, I got story after story after story. Once you can get them across this threshold, they blossom. Yeah. So, um, in terms of, I mean, I could, you know, I could, I, you know, you know, I have one nail and one hammer. I just hammer the same thing over and over and over. <laughs> you know, I do this life writing. Yeah. Um, we have a project. It's called the Life Writing Project. Uh, our website is www.thelifewritingproject.com. I am also known as Ihi, A-I-H-I. If you were, I also have written a workbook called the Life Writing Workbook, and my name on there is Ihi. The reason I have that pseudonym is because uh, my difficult story centers around my father, and my father was alive when I wrote it, and so there are a lot of changed names and things. Okay. Uh, and, and so there was no reason to embarrass him, right? It's not about right. that. So, um, so I hate at life writing project. I mean, I hate at the life writing project.com is my email. Uh, I have a, a live series coming up. When you go to my website, you will see that I'm about to facilitate uh, two live series. Oh, wow. Like yes, starting August 13th for the next eight weeks, I'll be live on Zoom with eight people. Okay. Uh, so if you'd like to join me, by all means, sign up for that. There's a free version on there where I have I have audio uh, tape with the book. I basically read the book to you in a you know, somewhat animated way. Okay. Um, but, and that's free. That's because I want people to get the life writing done. There is no excuse. Money is not the thing. You can just listen to it and write all the prompts, all the prompts. Do it and send me an email and tell me how excited, how grateful yes. <laughs> right. you are. So there's the free version. There's an ebook, three ninety nine. There's a, a, a workbook, twelve ninety nine. And then there are eight sessions with me, which are not exactly cheap. I'll just put it like that. You can take a look at that and see if that's something you want to do. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook at uh, at Life Writing Project. Okay. Uh, uh, at Life Writing Project, you can find me there. Would love it if you'd like my page. <laughs> like, the page like the page, y'all. <laughs> like the page, y'all. It's a good thing at Life Writing Project. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm like, ah, this conversation could go on and on. I know. <laughs> Does it, uh, do you facilitate these in, uh, like in the school system? Have you ever? Has I teach, I teach life writing in my courses. I, you know, anytime I get students in, in my narrative psych class, we, we do it in my courses. Um, but I don't like elementary school. schools and things. No. Is it appropriate? No. Can it? Okay. I mean, there may be people doing this kind of, kind of a sort of memory work with children. But I only work with adults, and I prefer people 20 and above, but I will do 18, you know, like in high school, I mean in college, as long as they're in college. And I also know that some of us have had hard lives, and we are grown up a lot faster than we should be, and maybe there's some younger people who can handle this. Uh, but for the most part, one needs to be able to have perspective on the life. So if you're still living in the home with your parents, and still depending on them, there's a psychological uh, resistance to, to, to judging a you know, you have to blame yourself. So the, the child says, I'm the reason they got divorced. I'm the reason dad left. I'm the reason. And that's another psychological element that I don't want to take too much time with right, right now. But one needs to be enough removed from the, from the psychological connection to the parents, the evolutionary connection to the parents, to be able to evaluate them realistically. Wow. Thank you and for breaking so, that down. Yeah. And so I do work with adults only. I do not work with children. Um, there are people who do different kinds of therapy, play therapy, art therapy, right. you know, to help children manage their trauma. There's a big ACEs movement now, which I get so excited about. 
yeah. really it's what they call it it doesn't ace movement i can't think uh, uh trauma-informed care trauma-informed right? yeah i've been uh through my nonprofit, took some training about two months ago on that so i'm, I'm incorporating Yes. In my curriculum. Beautiful, beautiful. So there's a lot of good work, but mine is adults. Uh, you know, you know. Well, hopefully, we can change the parenting. Parenting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, <laughs> hence my research with young parents in, in Binghamton. Um, so I'm I'm interested in any situation with adults, but I don't I don't work with children. I limit my work to adults. Amazing. Yes, yeah, so I'm gonna see by getting you on with Julian his eyes. We'll talk more about that. But I want to say thank you so much again for being on here. Everyone, you've listened. She has given um, her contact information. Please reach out to her. Um, if you're interested in the Life Writing Project, it will change your life. Um, thank you, Dr. Surya. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have so a much. beautiful day. Thank you. You too.